0: this mini series i guess you could say on doctor's orders or a spiritual uh prescription and uh mentioned how so many of us uh don't exactly care to take uh prescriptions um and when we do maybe we start them and we don't finish them here in psalm chapter 37 we find several different uh several different commands uh or in in points that we gave uh, that we find here. Of course, we mentioned that uh, this was a psalm that was written later in life by David, according to Psalm 3725. I have been young and now I'm old. And of course, he's older in his life and kind of looking back and reflecting. And uh, it's amazing uh, what I remember when my dad was, uh, knew that he didn't have much time left here on earth. Uh, he used to be a, he was a huge Michigan fan, Michigan football fan, and, uh, there's nothing, nothing else to be other than a Michigan football fan, and, uh, isn't that right, Brother Andrew, and, um, Adam Wolf came over to my house last Saturday, he's a Notre Dame fan to watch Michigan play Notre Dame, and, uh, if you see Adam not talking to me for the next three weeks, you know why, Michigan beat them 45 to 14, and, uh, I just let, remind Adam that I mentioned that again tonight, um. But uh, he was a huge Michigan fan, but later in his life when he had cancer and and knew he was not going to uh, be on earth much longer, uh, I would talk about Michigan football and he just didn't, he wasn't really interested in it. Uh, He was more interested in family. That was one of the big things he was interested in, uh, being around family. He was very interested in spending time in the Bible uh, with the Lord, always wanted to be in the Bible. Uh, he wanted to be at church all the time, even if he was sick and in a wheelchair like he was, uh, he wanted to hear the preaching. Uh, why is that? It was because he began to really realize the things that were most important in his life. Uh, whether or not Michigan won a football game didn't really matter to him. They, they really haven't won that many over the years anyway. So, but, uh, and I remember him really watching as he began to reflect on his life. And David here kind of reflecting on his life, and uh, we see some, uh, some precepts that were mentioned here, and we mentioned the first one, I'll, uh, let's just, we'll, we'll read the first few verses here, and if you'll turn there, Psalm chapter 37, and verse number 1, it says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse number five Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Those we'll just look at those first few verses there, of course, last week. The first, the first verse uh, that we looked at, and I'm scrolling through this, uh, Jim. There it is. I found it. And uh, and the first point that we mentioned last week was fret not, fret not. The definition, of course, to worry, or to have your heart burn, uh, or to fume about something. Uh, Those things, those times when you kind of lay at night, uh, lay awake at night, trying to wrap your mind around. Uh, trying to bring yourself some uh, relaxation and trying to some peace because you're worried about a circumstance in your life or something that's going on in your life Uh, I remember I've I've I know I've had many of those nights and uh, it's uh, it's it's unsettling when you sit there and you in the in in worry and you toss and turn and it seems like you look at the clock it's one o'clock and 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 it seems like an eternity goes by you look and it's 115 and uh, why because you're you're worried or you're fretting over, uh, maybe it's a financial need that you have. Maybe it's a, uh, what is the result going to be on that test that's coming back tomorrow? Uh, uh, What is, how am I going to fix this relationship that seems to be broken? Or uh, maybe it's an issue at your workplace or uh, with a a fellow employee or whatever the situation might be. Uh, The Bible says there, it says, fret not, don't worry or Uh, Don't have your heart burn or to fume about that. And what's it say to, what is it telling us not to fret about? It's saying, fret not over the things of this world. Fret not over uh, what the evil things that the world will do. Uh, Sometimes you can look around and say, boy, if I only, if I, boy, look how much fun they're having. And look how much fun that looks like that can be. Uh, I watched the World Series. I mentioned it last week. Watched the World Series game seven last night. Uh, anybody watch Game 7 last night, World Series? Okay. Uh, if you watched Game 7 last night, World Series, there's one question. I had the entire time in the 7th inning, and I'm off on a rabbit trail, but I just had to get this off my chest. 7th inning, m- I'm sitting there asking myself, why is Garrett Cole not in this baseball game uh, if you're a Houston Astro fan? But that's beside the point. Uh, but those things that are sometimes you see after the end of the game, they're celebrating the champagne and the, the fun and, and, and all that. And sometimes it's easy, the Bible tells us, don't fret over what the world has, and you think, boy, maybe I, if I just had that, maybe I would have the happiness that, they, that I perceive that they have. And uh, don't worry over that. Don't fret over that. Uh, don't, don't spend time worried over the life that I think that I could have had had I not followed after God. Uh, verse number two mentions that the workers of Iniquity will be cut down like the grass, as we mentioned last week, and then uh, we went on. How do you overcome worry? So the first thing we talked about last week was fret not. Don't worry. And verse uh, the second point we're going to talk about tonight, and I'll get there here. Are my note: trust in the Lord. And we mentioned last week. Okay, the Bible says, don't worry, don't fret. How do you do that? How do you go from uh, laying there thinking, man? What if what if I just had this or worried and fretting? How do you do that? Number two, the Bible says trust in the Lord. Verse number three there on Psalms 37:3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily thou shalt be fed. Then look there on uh, Proverbs chapter three and verse number five. It says trust in the Lord. With all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And then Proverbs uh, 29, verse 25, up here on the screen, if you want to look at it, it says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And then Nahum uh, 1, verse 7, love this verse. It says, The Lord is good, a stronghold. In the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. The second part of that verse there in Psalm uh, chapter three says, "Trust in the Lord and do good." It's easy sometimes for us to put our trust in things that we have control over, uh, trust in uh, trust in our our checkbook, or trust in our abilities, uh, trust in even. Trust in our family. We lean on them for strength. And, of course, family is great to lean on and and to to have a support. But it's easy sometimes to put our trust in everything imaginable. Uh, You go to uh, your friends on Facebook and see what their opinion is. What should you do? It's easy sometimes to put our trust in all these different things and not put our trust in the Lord. The one person who can help us more than anything else, and the Bible tells us over and over and over again, to trust in the Lord, but yet we decide to look elsewhere for that trust. You know, in that second part of that verse, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. God promises that he will feed us, but that's, and that even then, that's more than we deserve. Hey, And, uh, you know, uh, my mom, uh, she's 79 years old. And uh, she decided at 79 that uh, she's never flown in an airplane in her life. Uh, She's petrified of airplanes. Uh, Everywhere that my mom and dad would go, uh, they would drive. And my sister and brother-in-law are missionaries up in Vancouver, and they lived in Michigan. They would drive there every year, a round trip, and and, uh, a lot of miles. My mom would never get it. She just would not get an airplane. She felt like if she got an airplane, uh, what if it what if it crashes and uh, I would tell her the same thing about a car What if the car crashes and uh, more people die in cars than die in airplanes? And uh, my mom didn't understand it finally Uh about s- I don't know six months ago or so Uh, their church was going to go on a missions trip to belize central america and my mom said she knew God wanted to go on that missions trip and the only way she could go is if she overcame the fear and the worry of getting on an airplane. And so she finally, she signed up for the missions trip. And it seemed like for about every every few days, she would call uh, my sisters or I and tell us uh, how she just doesn't think she's going to be able to get on the airplane. And she could not get under over the, the fact. And finally, I said to my mom, I said, look, I said, you, you still miss dad, right? He died three years ago. Oh, I miss dad. I miss dad terribly. I said, well, look at it this way you Get in the airplane. The plane crashes. You'll be with Dad tomorrow, <laughs> and uh, and and so every time my mom would say, uh, I, "I'm I'm petrified. I'm nervous about getting in the airplane." I'd say, "Do you want to see Dad or not?" <laughs> and uh, and uh, so th- that's just kind of the that's just kind of what I I use to 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 try to get her over that. And so she went on this mission trip. She got over, uh, and when she, once she got on the flight on the flight, I thought to myself, I, I, I feel so bad for the person that's leading that group. And having to deal with my mom. And uh, they sent a picture of her blowing this giant bubble when she was on the airplane. They told her, just blow bubbles and your ears will be fine. And um, so there's a picture of my mom blowing this giant bubble. And she's excited about it. She was going to Belize, Central America. She went to Belize, Central America. And I, my mom has, been a, uh, I, has run a bus route for, I don't know, close to 50 years. And has a, a, a love for the Lord uh, from any th- anyone I've ever seen in my life. And I knew that when she went to Belize, I knew what would happen when she would come back. I, I just knew my mom. And sure enough, she came back and uh, she began to tell me uh, at great length how, how much she was overcome uh, in Belize for the desire that the people had to hear about the gospel. Uh, she said you would turn around and people were clamoring for any scripture that you could give them. Uh, people were wanting you to tell them about the Lord. And she said, you know, it was amazing to me. She said, we we were with a missionary, and in that missionary had a building that was 60 feet wide by about 90 feet long, and uh, it was about 107, between 107 and 109 degrees the entire uh, time that they were there. She said this church had no air condition, just uh, this one building, uh, just a, a thatch roof and... She said it was very rustic, but she said the place was just jam-packed out. Uh, She said people came from three, four, five, six miles away. They walked to come to this church. And she said, I sat there in that church as people were packed in there. And she said there was one little fan blowing. And she said I was trying to get as much of that air movement as I could to try to get that fan to blow on me. And she said, and I began to just weep and think to myself, these people come to church in this condition to hear about God, and there 's times that i don 't go to church because uh i 'm feeling a little under the weather when I know I could be, or there 's times that I stayed home from church uh because I just felt like well maybe it's it's it, i shouldn 't go probably it 's probably not safe to me to drive alone and and she said and there were times i I began to think to myself. The excuses I've made sometimes to miss church, and these people are here in 107 degree heat with no air condition and just hanging on every word that's preached. And she said, I really, she said, Andy, I, I began to realize how spoiled we are in America, how much we have that when you go into a foreign country, you see that they don't have. And the Bible there says, trust in the Lord, and the last part of that verse says to do good. Dwell in the promised land of faith, not in the wilderness of murmuring. God will provide for us what we need. It might not be what we think we need, but it will be what we need. Sometimes we have this vision. we Our sight te- seems to be a little uh, often cross-eyed. I know myself, will uh, I'll, I'll look at something and I'll see it the way I want to see it. And I'll find myself saying to the Lord, why is it this way? And he'll say, because you're not seeing it through my eyes. You're seeing it through your eyes. And there is no faith involved. Faith is viewing things as they really are and how God has allowed them to be, and it brings peace. Whenever you factor in and, and begin to worry, if you realize God sent his son to earth to die for Jim Hokema, If he would do that and let his son come to earth to die for Jim Hokema, would he send you through something because he wants to stick it to you? If he loves Jim Hokema enough to send his only son to be beaten and die on the cross, he probably cares what Jim's going through. And if we can just realize that, if we just trust in God and realize that he's there with us and have the faith to realize that, the situation we're in is because he allowed it to be. That takes the worry away. As Dave Garrett says often, we were, uh, Pastor Mason and I and Adam Wolf, after we cleaned the church Monday, took some coffee over, and we sat and talked to Dave for at length. He has his boot off and uh, and no cast on there, and there are stitches stitch marks. I mean, Gary, have you seen it? I mean, it's hundreds, probably not hundreds, but I mean, it looks like hundreds of, I mean, there's incisions everywhere on his, from here down. And, uh, and he said, he uses the term, we've heard him say it often, God's got this. And, you know, sometimes in our life, we just don't allow ourselves to say, hey, God's got this. And I know there's many times that I'll worry and worry and worry. And and never get to the point where I say, you know, God's got this under control. And it would save myself a lot of grief and a lot of heartache and heartburn if I just said, hey, God, you got this. There's so many things that we can look at and say, God loves me. And he knows exactly what I'm going through. And he's allowing me to go through it. Next thing I look at is it says, uh, verse number, the next point. Not only do we, uh, should we trust in the Lord, but delight thyself also in the Lord. Make God the joy and rejoicing of your spirit. Learn to think upon what great things God has done for us. Psalm 37, verse 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, And he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. God has been so good to all of us. Uh, I can think of many things. Uh, When I was uh, over talking to to Brother Dave, I thought to myself, boy, how thankful I am that we can get up on a ladder and walk. Uh, Some people can't. Uh, How thankful I am that uh, we can see uh, how thankful I am that we have uh, so many things that God has given to us. And sometimes we just have to take a moment and just reflect and say, what has God done for me? What can I be thankful for? And uh, I just want to ask tonight, anybody, if anyone has something that you say, hey, I just want to praise God tonight for something he, did, he has done for me or something in my life that I want to say, you know, God has given me more than I deserve and I'm thankful for this. I know I'm thankful for uh I'm thankful for the hair, heri- the godly heritage I had growing up. I'm thankful for the wife the Lord's given to me. Uh I'm thankful uh for this church that we get to have fellowship together with. So many things we can be thankful for. have a test somebody have something you want to say tonight? Anybody? Something God did for you? Bruce often easier said than done. And uh, uh, I know I I struggle all the time just trusting uh, in the Lord. He says, trust in me and I I will give thee the desires of thine heart. I began to look and just study and kind of look at some of those things and think, what should our desires be then? Uh, When he says the desires of thine heart, what should those desires be? I put uh, down here, our desire should be to know God, to love Him, and to serve God. Our desires as a Christian should be to grow closer to the Lord. It should be to get to know Him more. It should be to serve Him more. You know, the more, it's, it's easy that sometimes the more you do, the more you care for others and help them with their problems, the less you realize the problems you have in your life, the more you spend time trying to help those who are in need or help those who are suffering or uh, the, the less you realize the problems you have. You know, to d- uh, today. Uh, I uh, went to uh, one of my s- my daughter, uh, she has a cello and somebody uh, decided to sit on the cello and broke the handboard completely in half and it's a rented instrument back from Indiana that we we still rent. And uh, so I thought to myself, I got to take this cello in now, and who knows what that'll be to to fix that. I mean, it snapped right in half. It's lovely. And uh, so I'm thinking to myself, I need to drop this off at the music store on the way to pick up the kids today at Grandview. And I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what this is going to cost. And and then, and I'm thinking, but hey, I got to stop in and see Virginia first. And I stopped in to see Virginia having that instrument that I had just found out was broken and I needed to take it in. And uh, I got up there to 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 encourage Virginia. I mean, she's 98. She's in a hospital bed. Uh, she can't sit up. She can't move hardly. And uh, how much worse can it be? And I go into her room and sure, I bring in some flowers and some chocolate. But all of a sudden it was, and how are you doing? Begins to talk to me and boy, it's good to see you, and boy, I wish I could see your wife. And so we FaceTimed, and my wife got on, and she got to talk to my wife on FaceTime, and, and it was all smiles. Boy, I just love, and she began to list all these different things that she was happy uh, about, how much she loves, I, 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 on the, the flowers I wrote, Timberline Baptist Church loves you. And she said, boy, I know my church loves me. And she said, boy, I sure love my church. And as she was saying that, I began to, boy, I didn't even think about the cello anymore. I'm thinking, boy, this is amazing. This lady's laying here in bed and uh, praying that the Lord will take her home to heaven soon. And yet she's encouraging me. And it's easy sometimes to say, boy, look at all my problems. But then when you go and you begin to tell others about the gospel, uh, when you're out you're t- you're trying to tell them, hey, there is a place you don't have to go to hell. You can go to heaven when you die. Suddenly, you begin to forget about the insignificant things that were so significant earlier. What are you doing for others? What am I doing for others? Give a small note to someone who's struggling or has suffered a loss. You don't know how much of an encouragement that will be. Uh, there was a, the, a man, I just finished reading his, um, uh, I preached and showed his picture in church recently. Uh, he was a survivor on the USS uh, Arizona in Pearl Harbor and I was reading in there about how he uh, the burns he suffered were so just excruciating and the pain that he went through would just be uh, they would take uh, they would take maggots and put them on his body to eat the rotting flesh and he couldn't move and he explains in detail how how much in pain he was from these burns that covered 90% of his body. And he said he, all he could think about day and night was the pain that he was in. He said, so finally he decided there's got to be something to take my mind off of this pain. So I was reading this just the other night with my wife, and, and I was saying, I kept. whenever I read a book, I always say, and my, wife's, my wife and I are reading together, and I always like to tell about my book. And uh, my wife gets frustrated. She's like, I'm reading my own book. And, uh, but this was such a good story. And I was telling her, I said, this guy, to take his mind off of these excruciating pain from the burns, decided that he would go and find men on the boat, uh, I mean on this, uh, they were on a um, a medical ship, that were in severe pain from burns. And he would go to their bed and offer to play a game of cards with them. Even though it hurt just to move a little bit, he said he would go and he would put the cards down there and they'd be screaming in pain and he began begin to tell them, hey, I have some cards. You want to play cards? And he said he realized that as he began to focus on the pain that they were in, he began to not realize how much pain he was in. I thought, you know, that's, that's interesting because the same thing goes in our Christian life. The more we say, I'm going to serve and help others, the less we realize the baggage and things that we're carrying. You know, there was someone who suffered a lot of pain for us on the cross. And he was beaten. He had a crown of thorns put in his head. And uh, he died on a rugged cross for you and for me because he loved us so deeply and yet we often think he doesn't care about me nobody cares about me if he was willing to die for us i think he cares about us and if God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he cares about that trial you're going through enough to where all we need to do is just say I don't need to fret. All I need to do is just trust in him and delight in him. And you realize God's got it. He's got it under control. All we have to do is just put our trust in him and realize that he loves us and he knows every step that we take. And uh, we'll stop there, I think, for tonight. It's 7.55. I do um, want to, to ask if you're able to stay and help set up the chairs Uh, Of course, they're all stacked um, tonight compared to when they're normally just in rows because of our our fellowship that we had. So it's going to take a little extra effort uh, tonight to get all those unstacked and lined back up in their specific rows. And so anyone that can stay and help that,